0: How can we get back to our wholeness within ourselves and have that respect for our bodies, have the respect for energy that we bring to the table, our own unique perspective and creative expression and all of these things. And in the only way that you really can do that is you have to start with yourself and and learn how to have reverence for that. There's a sacredness to that within yourself and then you can extend that out to everybody you come across.
1: That's Alison Pillow, And this is episode 454 of the Wellness Wisdom Podcast. Wellness Wisdom, where we discover the physical and emotional intelligence to live life
0: well. How can we bring awareness and reverence to all the little mundane elements of our life? Wellness, I think, is a combination of...
2: Understanding your own internal wants, needs, and desires.
0: If you really want to
2: take guidance from your soul, you have to be ready to realize that many of the things that you're asking for guidance on, your ego has some kind of an addiction to or an investment in. Understanding that we are a piece of nature, you know, nature is where we belong, I think is a very comforting thing to understand that would certainly feed into wellness well.
1: Hey, everybody, it's Josh Trent. Welcome to Wellness Wisdom. This is the space where together we explore the Pentagon of Wellness, the emotional, spiritual, mental, financial, and physical ways, the intelligence that we can live our life well. If you're subscribed to this podcast on Spotify, YouTube, or Apple, then you already know every week we bring you some of the most intelligent hearts and minds in the world for free every week in both audio and video formats. So you can listen wherever you'd like or watch wherever you are. If you haven't subscribed yet, don't miss the boat. Don't miss the boat. Tap the subscribe button wherever you are so you never miss any of our free resources or show notes or powerful episodes delivered with consistency and care every single week. Click over to joshtrent.com forward slash podcast. That's joshtrent.com forward slash podcast so you can subscribe and start putting to use all of the intelligence you get from this show. This is episode 454 with my friend Allison Pillow exploring the multidimensional self, top secrets to thriving, not just surviving, which is key for a lot of us. Right. Sometimes it's easy to float around the world pretending like I have all my shit together. But on the inside, there is a war. Can you relate to this? There's a war versus the exterior having everything figured out and being positive and good vibes only. But on the inside, there's a higher self still wanting to emerge that has not yet achieved inner peace or fulfilled purpose. If you yourself are interested in this concept of moving from your lower self to your higher self, this is going to be one of the best episodes you will ever hear on this podcast. I promise you, you will lead with incredible wisdom and gems. You can start applying right away from Allison and this conversation. Before I go any further, I want to thank you for supporting yourself, number one, and supporting this podcast by heading over to the store page, joshtrent.com forward slash store. Now in the store, you can get products from 10 to 40% off of the normal price a lot of these healthy organic wellness focused brands we've partnered with for years i know the founders personally and i use all the products for myself and my family every day these really are my trusted allies my travel resources my go-to tools to live my life well including the feel free wellness tonic for focused euphoria the paleo valley acv and turkey sticks for blood sugar and digestion and the organify red green and gold juices for my superfoods and my adaptogens Make sure you head over to joshtrent.com forward slash store. And by the way, anytime I'm talking about something on the podcast, you don't have to remember it. So if you hear me say something on the show, just head over to joshtrent.com forward slash store. Everything is in there for you, broken down by category for home, for travel, for kitchen, for biohacking, for health, even sinus care. It's easy to find the stuff that you're probably already using, but I'm going to save you a ton of money uh, from now on from my heart to yours. Thank you for supporting this show and purchasing a lot of these products that you're probably already buying, but now you can get them for even less money. So you can take that extra money and maybe go on vacation or use it to love yourself more or the people that you care about. JoshTrent.com forward slash store. So this concept of 3D and 4D and 5D and beyond, I've been fascinated by it. You know, the dimensions that we all live in, Uh, The 3D being the earth one, the 4D being the integration of physical-spiritual, and the 5D, the expression of our highest self. A lot of these concepts can get pretty esoteric and woo, but you and I both know that everything in life is spiritual. Everything is spiritual. Many times, and I can speak from personal experience on this, When we have something that we just can't seem to overcome or break through, it's most likely not a mental problem. It's not a strategy, it's not your planning, it's the faculty, way deep down inside, called self-worth and self-love. My guest today is gonna teach us about this. She's a dynamic fitness trainer and energy coach, specializing in rapid, permanent change through corrective exercise, metabolic nutrition, and energetic alignment. She's gonna teach us how to transition To 3, 4, 5D, so we can actually thrive and not just pretend while on the inside feeling scarce and focused on survival. I really love her mind. She helps people feel strong and confident in their bodies for life changing results with her practical, proven energy skills based on her own life journey, including mindfulness, reflection, and deep affirmations that she's created for her own healing. And now she shares across the world with her clients. I've been a guest on her podcast, "Integrate Yourself," and she's inspired thousands of people across the world on their health and wellness in a whole new way. Her name's Allison Pillow, and I know you're going to love her wisdom in this episode. Allison teaches you the three top secrets of how to thrive. She talks about she talks about her path of spirituality and her own hero's journey that is a mirror and representation of yours the dreams that Allison had after her father's passing and how that fueled her creativity and service to the world. We'll talk about what thriving in life actually means and why imagination is more important than the intelligence, which is really key for all of us. Imagination is more important than intelligence. We'll talk about embracing the mind as a powerful tool and the three questions you must ask yourself when it comes to true thriving in life how to move up this ladder of 3, 4, and 5D wellness, the practices and experiences that we all need to embody. And this is the key, why the inner child's imagination creates the future self. That's a really big one. Why the inner child's imagination creates the future self. You're going to have to listen all the way to the end of the podcast. That is a big gem for just, if there's one thing you can take away from this show, Listen to how Allison explains why the inner child's imagination creates our future self. Show notes from today are at joshtrent.com forward slash four fifty-four. Head over there. Josh forward slash four five four. You can access the videos, the links, the discounts, learn more about Allison, purchase her book, and take the next step of the inspiration you feel from this conversation. Allison, welcome.
0: Thank you, Josh. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on.
2: We've been looking forward to this. We're talking about thriving today, but not just thriving, finally thriving. This is probably on on everyone's mind in some way, you know, this concept of thriving and many people, when they go throughout planet earth, myself included, we go through this, I guess you could say strenuous learning curve on learning how to thrive. And a lot of it comes, it's paradoxical. A lot of it comes from like what we learned from our dad and our mom, but the beauty of this work, and I'm going to give you a chance to share with people you know, what you do, who you are in the world, is that when I was reading your book in preparation for this interview, which I so enjoyed, I mean, I was telling you, I was on the bike this morning. I was flipping Thank through you. part three, multidimensional self, which we're going to go into the aspects of that. But I noticed something really special on the first page. And you dedicated this book to your dad. And yes. he taught you that there is really life after death. You were inspired to write this book, actually, um, The Day of Your Father's Funeral, and you were there when he transitioned. So you said in your book, I witnessed my dad's consciousness moving out of his body and into a different dimension of reality, and it was life-changing. Let's start there, because that really knocked me back when I read it. And um, just tell people how the book even came to be from that day and and what you wrote about your dad.
0: Yes, so, I, I was referring also to why I put that in the book. And I I re- realized that so many people are really interested in this. And I was very happy that I put it in there because um, I think we're all really curious about what happens to our energy after our physical, this physical reality. I mean, of course we are, but you know um rarely do people talk about the experiences they have when they're with someone when they pass so i thought that would be great to to put in there because this is it, it was a huge catalyst for what happened afterwards with the book itself and so um so that was why i decided to put that in there and um and my most of my life um like i was mentioning is uh that i'm tr- i've been my mission has been to really start to put the pieces of the puzzle together between how the physical and the energetic interplay. So our energetic body and our physical body. And so we've we're so focused, especially in health and fitness, on our physical body. And we kind of stop there, you know, the buck stops there, but yeah. There's so much more because that we're missing when it, as it relates to that. And that's what I was seeing because I was experiencing this whole other spiritual realm as um, I worked with coaches like Hannah Beer and Roseanne Grace. And I'm, I'm seeing all these things translate into the physical um, and, and I'm I'm saying to myself well why aren't we acknowledging those parts of ourselves and how that relates to the physical and how it manifests in the physical because we're we're totally discounting that and and most times people are saying oh that's so woo woo but the reality of it is it's it's real because we we feel it and we can um you know sometimes we can visualize it and so let's acknowledge this other part of ourselves that really is our true essence um, it goes beyond the body, it goes beyond the mind um and uh you know transcends this physical reality, which I think is really important
2: well, what is reality anyways? you know we have a, a yeah. shared reality in relationships. I have a reality based on my unique set of circumstances that I learned, whether it's this lifetime or genetics or great 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 grandparents I mean there's so many layers allison to what to what really gives us quote reality one thing I loved most in the book is, is you have a fitness background and we share that I was a a fitness professional for 10 years. And, and so I, I just came across people that would come in and they would get a good workout and they would sweat and they would feel good. Little did I know they really just wanted someone to care and they wanted someone to be there to connect. And this is what you write about in finally thriving with their subtle energy body. Because you read about this in the book, there's two bodies. There's this physical meat suit that we live in with like the meat radio, the brain where we send and receive signals with the redox system and our digestive tract and everything else. And then there's the subtle energy body. Can you go into these two bodies? Because I've heard people describe it before, but I love the way you put it in the book.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah. I thought it was important for people to connect with that part of themselves. And that's why I put it in the book. And so, um, I shared mostly how I connect with it on a personal level and how I help my clients connect with their physical, their energetic, subtle bodies too. Um, I learned, uh, through a lot of, uh, teachers, one being Paul check through the years that there are more than one type of energetic body, um, but rather than making things too complicated, I just decided to call it the subtle energetic body because that's what people can initially connect with. And then if they want to go further and learn more about all the other ones, they can, but, um, but generally, uh, you know, you know, your subtle energetic body is, is how you feel. It's how you see, um, through your third eye. Um, so your Ajna chakra, you know, and sometimes, um, Sometimes we have repressed uh, certain emotions or feelings or, or something related to our intuition in our life. And that also suppresses the feeling of the connection that you have with your subtle, energetic body. So what I wanted to do in the book is to help people reconnect with that by giving them really practical exercises to do that. It's not complicated. and And the thing is about life, this is something I thought about this morning is, um, you know, we, we're we already spiritual beings. We're in these vehicles, these bodies, you know, and being in a body is also a spiritual experience. So everything we do is a spiritual experience, but yet we categorize it as looking a certain way or being in a certain environment. But really, your spiritual experience is every moment of your life. And the best way to really begin to connect with that is to learn how to be present with it in every moment of your life. And that's true, um, you know that ends your suffering really um and it's it's just true peace and calm and and just knowing and inner knowing for yourself that everything's going to be okay, and so if you can find that presence in every moment of your life then then that's truly liberating in my opinion, so I wanted to share in a very practical, simple way how we can begin this process of being present with ourselves. And being more in the now and enjoying that. So through feeling what you feel on an individual basis, what your energy body feels like to you, um, and starting to practice that through different, different exercises that I give in the book. And all of them are accessible to anybody. Anybody could do it. It's just a matter of you just starting to focus on, on those things and, and practice and get consistent with it, right?
2: Mm-hmm. I can't help but feel yeah when I read the book and especially this morning, when I was just looking at that first passage about your dad, sometimes we all get off the path, but we're never actually lost. You know, the path might deviate the spiritual growth path, the path of subtle energy growth, the path of physical growth. And you wrote this book before anyone woke up for six months, you had this really cosmic upload, cosmic download. And I hate on that phrase, but like you actually had it. And every single morning, at the top of the morning, you would sit and write, what is the connection you feel in your heart from being there to actually feel and see your your father transition? And how did that fuel you getting up every single morning? To me, that feels like it was a subtle energy body connection and really didn't have too much to do with the physical.
0: No, you're exactly right. Uh, that is so true. I experienced a um, a slowing down of time when my dad passed. I got the opportunity to be there with him. My sister and I were both there with him when he was on the respirator. And then at some point, I think it was about three days later, we found out that he was, um, he had what's called agnostic brain damage. So that means the whole entire brain is, is damaged from his lack of oxygen to the brain, um, from his heart attack. And so, um, once we found that out, the neurologist said, okay, it's time to call in palliative care and go ahead and, and transition him. And so I was the one that was in charge of making the call on that. And so I did. And once I did, um, you know, we sat there with him, we thought it was going to take a long time. We weren't sure how long it was going to take. They said it could take up to 15 minutes or, or to an hour, who knows, you know? And so, um, you know, we're, we sit there with him. We say a few things to him, and then you're know, crying. And and do you think and he
2: heard you? He,
0: well, this is the thing. Like he he he, all of a sudden stops breathing, and then we really start crying. We're like, oh my god, he's gone. And then he and then he wakes up again and starts breathing, and we're like, oh my, <laughs> It's is his last practical joke, you know, because he was kind of a practical joker. And um, we start laughing. So it takes the it takes kind of the stress off the situation. And um, and then soon at, and then I think he kind of stuck around because there was more to say, like we had we needed to say what was unsaid. And once we did, we each did that. Then he passed right after that. And so I, I felt like, you know, he was listening. I could tell that I could feel his presence in the room. Um, there was an interesting thing that happened. Uh, I walked in. So the situation was that he was at the hospital getting a, a hip replacement surgery. And he was 85. And I thought it was pretty risky, but it's something he really wanted to do for because uh, he wanted to continue playing golf. And so uh, but he had a pacemaker and in a heart condition. So uh, his greatest fear was getting a blood clot. And so I believe that's what actually ended up happening and how he got, he had, ended up with a heart attack. But I walked in about two minutes before he had the heart attack to go pick him up at the hospital because he had come out of the surgery fine. And it was the day after he was supposed to be released that, um, you know, uh, that I was I was coming in to pick him up. We were getting ready to go. We were going to get ready to go and home and everything. He was really excited. Um, but... You know, he ended up having a heart attack and going in, I, going to ICU for three days. And I just remember the days before that talking to him at his house and he was giving me all this information um, just in a co- very casual conversation, like important information about like if he was to pass or what I needed to look mm. for, where this, you know, certain um, where the information was for all of his, you know, safety safety deposit box or, um, all the, all the financial stuff. And I was just thinking, okay. Um, you know, and it was just, he was just reminding me of all these things in a casual conversation. And then he was also sharing some stories with me of his past and how, you know, he kind of came to be what he is now. Um, and when he started at his job and all these stories that I hadn't heard him talk about before, and it was really interesting, um, and he seemed probably more calm in his life than I've ever seen him. And so looking back on it, I, I feel like he knew that the time was coming, like part of him knew this. It was his time. And so that was really interesting to see, too. So if I, I look back on the entire process, you know, we we all kind of, we prepare for this. It's It's a transition just like being born, right? Um, and so my sister and I were with him and we helped him on that transition by giving him uh, parting words and closure there to go ahead and step into the next dimension of reality that he was going into. And soon after, I had dreams um, with him in in it, with him like there was one dream where he was on a boat with a Serpa and um, like guiding him to the next place, you know, it was really interesting. So I've had a lot of dreams like that since with him in different realities, which has been really interesting. He's shown me all kinds of stuff. So it opened me up. It opened my third eye up big times. And that's what allowed the download to come through. Um, During his funeral, I um, got this message about writing this book. And I'd always wanted to write a book, but I always thought, oh, my God, where would I start? I have all this information. I don't even know what to do with that. And what you know topic I would really talk about, and uh, the message was you know we'll we'll give you the information. It's gonna flow right through. I'm like okay cool. So I'm gonna start writing every morning, and I just started writing. It just became the most enjoyable process to just get that out and just channel the the whatever I wanted to write through every morning. It started out about 15 minutes and then it ended up an hour or two. And I had to stop myself to see clients cause it was writing so much. I couldn't mm-hmm. stop. And, um, so in itself, it was a very healing process for me personally. Um, writing can be very powerful and that's why I put journal exercises in the book too, because, you know, sometimes when we, we don't realize the power of actually either voicing something or writing it out and, that is, in a, a sense, you letting go of that, that, that you're holding in your body. There's a huge catharsis that
1: can
2: happen from writing like that. I, I feel yes. you so much right now. And and as you were talking, I was like visualizing you waking up and the fuel source, the fuel source of you writing this book, after going through that, really, it's a part of the hero's journey. I mean, it's a, it's a massive initiation to lose a parent or, or a spouse or a child or a brother or a sister or any family member and i think about the way that we all kind of get hit and we course correct so maybe there's a part of your soul calling and i'm curious how you feel about this that made you write this book and, and it's no surprise it's called finally thriving because i know you've gone <laughs> through your own health journey right in helping others yeah. you know the wounded healer which is the archetype that so many of us fall into but there what is it that you know now from your third eye from your own wisdom that is part of your soul contract, part of your purpose here on earth that was waiting in the wings, but then witnessing this transition of your father really made this come online. What was that course correction that you felt?
0: Yes. So it was a slowdown, you know, the slowdown of someone in your life dying like a parent. And it just makes you, it just, there's something about losing that support in your life Um that's like nothing you've ever, nothing I've ever experienced. It's, um, it, it really creates a huge void in a way. That's how I felt. And I was, it it brought me back to just, you know, like, Oh my God, how am I going to feel, feel that support in my life? Like that he, that he provided, you know, and there's also a deep gratitude for, for him being my dad and, and everything that he, everything that he symbolized in my life. And so, there was that, and and so that slowdown for that couple of weeks um, after he passed was really big for me because I I'm so used to what, one thing I did realize about myself is I was doing a lot of um, I was busy out of a, a trauma response I was uh, you know it, busyness was my trauma response instead of resolving my trauma I was just. Filling my schedule up with busyness, and this is how I felt important as well. Filling like my, was that my, going my on? calendar up with clients, like I'm important because people want to. Tons of people want to work with me, but what that does is it leaves no room for me. It leaves no room to prioritize yeah. myself. It doesn't leave any room for me to, um, you know, uh, to really explore the things that I want to do and the things that I want to create. So um, I, th- I saw a lot of people doing that. And when I slowed down, I was like, oh, my God, the world is doing that, you know, and we're all in this.
2: <laughs> That's why I asked you how long was it? Was it like 10 years, 20 years? Uh, it was quite some time that you were living out this trauma response, being in, quote, service, but being frenetically busy. I've fallen into that trap so absolutely. much. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's a thing. And it was something that, it's something that I'm realizing that's happening again. Like after the slowdown, after the the pandemic and all of that, like everything slowed down. So it, it, this was two weeks prior to everything shutting down that I was experiencing my father's death. And then I literally experienced that on a mass scale in the world. We all experienced that together, which was tremendous. And it was like, wow. So I use that as an opportunity to, because I just experienced that with my dad passing that slowdown and how, um, it just brought me to more sacredness in my life, appreciating like things that, that I wasn't appreciating before because I was so busy all the time, or I was trying to keep up with every, everybody else, or I was trying to market and figure out the marketing and all of these things. Um, yeah, you know, I was like, oh, I'm actually enjoying my life now. I'm like looking at the birds on my back porch and n- enjoying, you know, just just writing and and just you know, enjoying my workout and and going out taking a hike and and just starting to appreciate and enjoy my life like every yeah. aspect of it. Just slowing yeah. down, you know. That's there's something you. so simple about that, but we're scared to do that because the the thing, the concept of thriving, you know, has been so overused, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to use it in the book because it's it's not it's so much more than what what people think it is. It's it goes deeper than that because we our survival mechanisms are in the subconscious. So, we, you know, for example, you know, busyness for me it was an old story that I had from childhood about feeling like i'm important because i'm busy, you know, but but that is that's more identifying with what i do instead of what i'm being, you know, like the being of me, the essence of me is not doing anything. The essence of me is just observing and appreciating. So what about that part, you know? I wasn't even acknowledging that part within myself and that was so important. Um, and that's what brings me peace in my life. that's what brings me um, joy and um, so I wasn't acknowledging that. so that was the that was the thriving aspects like what what does thriving really mean you know um, does it just mean like eating well and working out you know and having energy to to be busy or does it mean literally creating what you want in your life and experiencing the joy in that you know and what do
2: you think it means now based on? the really, the threshold, the massive threshold, the vacuum, as Alan Watts would call it, that you went through with the loss and and the spaciousness that was created, I think you you called it a void. what was created from that, and how did that impact your definition of thriving, you know to thrive?
0: Yeah, so now I look at it as it's it's more for practice, it's a check in it's a constant check in am I going into those old patterns of behavior of busyness and is that um, am I jumping back over to those and, and really starting to ask the question why why do I need to do this you know why do I need to be on this podcast why do I need to make this connection is it for the joy of it or is it because I need to get some kind of need met within me you know why Can do I need both be present. They can absolutely yeah. and there's there's no judgment like with it. it's just being aware of it. And for me personally, um I want I'm I'm wanting to get to the place where I'm doing things more out of joy because I felt like most of my life I was doing things through obligation and uh, and it we just became a heavier burden on myself where I didn't allow myself to do the things I really wanted to do creatively. And so I feel like at this point, for me, my thriving is expressing myself in a creative way. Um, the way I just really desire to do that. And, uh, you know, it, it takes it. I I mean, I still go back in old patterns. Yes. So
2: (laughs) I remember before we started this podcast, I did a, I prayed and we sat in some stillness and then right when I was done with the prayer, It was like, and let's have fun too, you know, because they're, they're both radically important. Like you and I, there's, there's a kinship because we've learned from a a mentor, Paul. Um, We've probably read similar books. I assume if you looked at my bookcase, you'd probably be like, oh yeah, I've read, I've read that (laughs) one. But, but there's also this, there's an element of play that you talk about in the book. And I'm curious because in part one, we're not even going to have time to get into part two. Part two is, is powerful. (laughs) We're going to touch on part one, and then I'm going to go to the meat and the heart and soul of really what I wanted to chat with you about, which is listening to spirit. But, but. Just on a high level, thirty thousand foot for part one, um, align your mind. The book is broken into the really cool like wellness. Choose your own wellness adventures. I love it. It reminds me of like um, a beautiful feminine lens on what Tim Ferriss tried to do with Tool of Titans, where he took a bunch of things and he was like, "This is how you do it." And it was very That's so m- funny. Like, That's what I thought of
0: too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but but you put a feminine lens yeah. on this, and actually, it's really cool. There's a, if you're looking, watching with us on YouTube, there's a beautiful like almost like a like a Zen circle like a beautiful paintbrush circle. Did you paint that? No, that actually
0: um, I described what I wanted, my vision for the cover and, um, uh-huh. and answered some questions and my designers made that and they did an amazing job. Cool. Um, the reason I it's asked supposed you to that be is- a vortex of creativity of, uh, you know, yes.
2: yeah. and imagination yeah because exactly in in part one, and this is what I want to touch on, you, you talk about using your imagination muscle and and this is a beautiful quote, "Imagination is more important than intelligence. Just let that sit for a moment. We all try to get like the best certificates and qualifications, and we try to figure out the top five ways to interrelate to your partner. It's like we're just ignoring the heart, we're ignoring imagination. imagination is more important than intelligence, so from an imagination standpoint, like what what have you seen blossom inside of yourself? And what can you share with with our audience about how imagination applies to the mind, to aligning the mind, this muscle of imagination?
0: Yes, that was something I really struggled with uh, in my early adult life. And I realize now that it was because I was repressing that part of myself um, earlier on in the, the hopes to fitting in and to try to conform into like a a comfortable box that felt safe for me. You know, um, I'd not really been taught ima- imagination and what, what the tool of imagination could do for you. And in, in that way until later in life, when I started to learn more about the energy body and energy work. So, um, and, and, and so I'll share a couple of things that will help people connect with this as well. But, um, you know, uh, I was, one one thing I did, I've shared on a few podcasts, um, was I was in the HLC three years ago with Paul and we were all doing this like art project. And we, he was just like, draw whatever comes to mind, you know? And, and I was like, I, I said to myself, Oh my God, I don't know what to draw. I looked around. I was like, everybody's drawing, they're having fun. And I don't know what to do. I'm like stressing out here about this You know, exercise. is supposed to be fun. And I couldn't visualize anything. And then Finally I did start drawing and and it was pretty cool and I didn't give myself enough credit for that for sure. And I look back on it and I'm like, "Oh, that's really cool. Why didn't I like think that was amazing?" You know, because I had these high expectations of perfectionism on me and that was really stifling uh the my ability to think just so, you know, beyond the limits that I had put on myself. So imagination is a great tool for uh Taking yourself out of the box of that limitation, and then opening yourself up to more possibilities, and learning how to receive that, so it just really helps to open you because you, it's it's helpful to be open um, in a way that has where you have good boundaries. Um, uh, so that you can you know see other perspectives that you can um have good relationships from that you can also receive lots of abundance and those kinds of things receive new ideas you know so you have to it's good to open yourself up but i in the context of wellness, how I use this is for people to and and how I've used it with my clients is to start to imagine the body that you'd like to create, so we tend to really focus more on um, all the things we need to fix in our body. And so the more you, f- I, I, I learned um, and saw this in clients, like the more they would focus on the things that they felt were broken, mm. the more they get those kinds of things absolutely. over and over again, absolutely, right?
2: Over and, and so over, I, like like almost like a broken record and they don't know why the music yeah, is playing.
0: Exactly. And I said, wait, let's actually focus on where you want to go with this. What do you want your body to do? What do you want it to look like? What do you want it to feel like? Let's start to visualize this because this is an exercise before I even learned about this. When I was a gymnast, I would visualize the, the the moves I wanted to do over and over and over again. And I would even take, if I couldn't visualize myself doing it, I'd visualize an Olympic gymnast doing that move until I could put myself in her place and start to visualize that. So it would work great. And I, and I, um, I used it all the time because I didn't want to get hurt. So, you know, uh, so it, it worked beautifully. But then I forgot about it somewhere along the line as when, when I became an adult. And um, I think
1: we all have that
2: chapter where we're just exactly. like, imagination, Ah, eh, the rent is due. Right, and right. And it's like, well, we're coming back home here with this conversation to imagination.
0: Exactly. And so I had an interesting conversation yesterday with two friends and they were talking, their coaches as well. And they were talking about a client they had who, Um, lost access to her third eye and, and, and it was, and she, and they found that out because she couldn't visualize anything. And I thought to myself, Oh my God, that, that's it. Like we lose access to our visualization when we feel, when we feel stifled in our visualization, it's because we haven't been using it. You know, it's like just like your muscles in your body. If you aren't using your imagination muscle um, it really atrophies. So, then you lose your ability to visualize, but you can always get that back by practicing that. So um, one thing I did that was really funny was I just started like thinking, OK, I'm just going to and this was back in the 90s. You know, I thought I'm just going to start like reading um, like books about Pleiadians and channeling, you know, aliens and all these things. The it just fun really woo-woo woo-woo my, stuff. Uh, yeah, exactly. The fun yeah. woo woo stuff. I'm yeah. like, just open my mind. Even if I don't believe it, I'm just going to open it up and just see where it takes me. This this is fun for me. I'm just going to do it, and it's like that's how you can start. You don't even have to like to- totally believe in the things that you're that you're um, exposing yourself to. You could just kind of play around with it and see where you know where that takes you, and just be open to new ideas, even though you might not agree with them. And I think that's a really great practice in itself. To start to open your mind up to to other possibilities, then you can translate that into yourself, where then whatever you, whatever your potential is, is very open. And that that is so powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, But if we keep ourselves limited and uh you know, we stay in that box of um only I can, you know, this is reality, this is reality, only only these things that I believe. Uh, then you're not going to go very far with that, and life's going to, in my opinion, it sucked for me. But yeah. um, it just, and but, then I find people also arguing a lot when they're like proving and defending mode when they are stuck in the like this is reality. You know, I don't know what sure. what, well, is your, mind, what is your what is your experience mind, with that.
2: The mind is really <laughs> interesting, and I've I felt this a lot recently myself where where I you know I'm having a conflict with my partner. And the mind becomes the master instead of the servant. Exactly. And, you know, to whatever, to whatever level I am aware of my mind taking over, and wanting to be the master, that's the level of my maturity. And if I can infuse, like even just a, a pattern interrupt with my partner, or with myself, where I like make a joke to break us out of an argument or to, or to just pattern interrupt the mind it's like the the master succumbs back to the servant. Yeah. And, and you did this personally because you're talking about gymnastics where you were diagnosed with ADHD and it wasn't pills that helped you, it was gymnastics. And then in gymnastics, you're using this faculty of, ima- of imagination And to me, I'm like, okay, well, imagination is healing then. If that's how it played out for you, then that's how it's definitely playing out for so many of us. I mean, imagination is what allowed me to to launch wellness force and then to have wellness force die and be rebirth as wellness wisdom. So before we get into the spirit, because this is like the ultimate turning point in our conversation, like this wisdom of the spirit, listening to the spirit, I want to just round out the mind What is the healing power of imagination on a practical level? On a practical level, how does imagination, how did it help you heal in in gymnastics? And then also, how can it help men and women heal by just getting them out of their mind and getting them into the imaginary faculty? Many people don't know this, but we actually can choose every single day to carve out three minutes to take a deep breath and to do something kind for ourselves. A lot of times we think it has to be big though, right? Like you have to do the entire chapter of the book or you have to do the full 20 minutes of meditation. You don't have to. You can literally just take a bite of something that's good for you, that's raised in an organic and humane way. This is why I love the turkey sticks, uh, specifically the cranberry orange. Cranberry orange is my favorite from our friends and the sponsor of this podcast at Paleo Valley. The turkey stick is made with pasture-raised turkey, no nitrates, no nitrites, just natural celery juice and sea salt, and all the beautiful flavors that come when you ferment turkey. And this is why I love turkey so much. A lot of people can't do saturated fat, so the turkey stick is a beautiful source, and I do mean beautiful. Of protein that is fermented, which actually helps your gut microbiome and improves the gut brain axis. You can get the turkey stick. The cranberry orange is my go to over at Paleo Valley. All you have to do is enter the code Josh and you get 15% off. You support the podcast, you support your gut health, you do something loving and nice for yourself. Paleovalley.com, use the code Josh to get your cranberry orange pasture raised turkey sticks at 15% off. How did it help you heal? in gymnastics and then also how can it help men and women heal by just getting them out of their mind and getting them into the imaginary faculty
0: Well it really that yeah it, it helped me focus on what I wanted to focus on it trained my focus honestly um with as it related to gymnastics it's like you can't really be distracted in when you're in the middle of the air doing all these flips and having Well to you can but you're going like to eat shit <laughs> Yeah which I did a couple yeah. times. I mean okay. more than a couple but um, yeah, so it was like, I better, you know, and I did get injured and I, I I said to myself, I better get, I better get focused. Otherwise I'm just going to get more of these injuries and this is not fun. So I started to, you know, really get focused because I would be like just checking out in the middle of the air sometimes and just landing wherever. And I was like, this is pretty dangerous. I can't keep doing that. So, um, uh, yeah, so, so that's how I used it then. And then, you know, I think the mind is a great tool. We have If we can acknowledge it as a tool instead of who we are, I think that's a great first step. So just realizing yeah. it's just like your body, your body, they're very important. They're, b- they're both very important for manifesting this reality. And also it's not who you are. It's like that goes back to that energy body. The subtle energy body is more of who you are Um, and your subtle energy body is using the mind and the body as tools of perception in this reality. So it's, I guess it could be related to like a virtual reality thing, like as we see now with our goggles on, um, except this is the real virtual reality that we're in right here, right? With our, with our mind and our body. Um, we don't need to go on on any virtual reality in in addition to that. We're in it right now. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, I I I believe it's a great tool for creativity um if focused in the right direction. Although we have so many distractions now, so it's even more important for you to train your mind to focus on what you'd like to create and it's that's it's going to be really powerful moving forward okay. because that go ahead.
2: <laughs> I got a mental question. I have a mental question for a imaginary answer. Okay. <laughs> so so on a practical level, if let's just say, so I'm a, I'm a mom of two kids and I live in Georgia and I work 10 hours a day and my husband's supportive sometimes, maybe sometimes he's not, and my friends aren't really into the things that I'm into. Anyways, I've, I've created an environment for my growth and I'm projecting and just creating this archetype of a mom who's stressed out because that is a lot of people that, that are here with us. Where does she go from either a body, breath, metaphysical perspective? Like what's something on the ground, nuts and bolts for her that she can do to really cultivate this imagination power and get out of her head?
0: Yeah. So what comes to mind when you say that is, first of all, I will mention that whatever you're thinking now is what your future is going to be, right? So that's going to be your future self. So just keep that in mind. Um, also um, it can, it doesn't even ha- I'm actually working with I worked with nurses before and they have no time whatsoever yeah. and what what I would recommend in in uh, this this example that you're giving with a woman who's working 10 hours a day um, and has kids um, it, it's about becoming present in uh, with whatever you're doing, that's your meditation practice. Um, there's so many great apps out there that can give you like a five minute, 10 minute meditation, um, that will help you become more present in the moment, but
2: it's shameless plug, shameless plug, Allison. <laughs> the breathe app that we have breathwork.io. We have seven meditations in there and a few of them are like five, to seven minutes long. So you guys breathwork.io. Are, that's
0: perfect. Exactly. Use yes. Josh's meditation. Download
2: it. I'll be with you. I'll I'll help you.
0: Yes. And so, yeah, absolutely. And so it's not about like the hours of meditation in a cave, you know, like in all of that thing with the, with the, that the, um, the sages or the gurus, you know, uh, demonstrate or it's, it's more about like, can you integrate that presence in your daily life? You know, that is the practice and so the more of that that you can do, the more that you, like you say, Josh, can take a deep breath, be in your body, can feel what's going on around you. What does the ground feel like underneath you? Is there wind blowing in your face? Are there people around you? What are you feeling in your body? Just start to notice like those small things. That's called being in the now, right? It's not a big, it's not anything huge. It's, it is huge in a way because uh, it's powerful, but at the same time, it's very subtle. So how can you start to tap into the mundane, the subtleness of your life, the beauty of your life? Do you see flowers sitting on the counter at work? And oh my God, there's are so beautiful. What are beautiful flowers today. How's the weather? Oh, it's a beautiful day. Look, what, What's beautiful about it, right? So little things like that and you know, maybe just saying something really kind to yourself, saying something really kind to someone else in a very authentic way. You know, yeah. um, not trying to get some kind of need met, um, but just really authentically wanting to give that love to someone. You know, and then receive love from other people too. So those are the things that um, are not talked about too much because we're 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 inundated with all the doing stuff, right? For wellness and fitness and mindset but yet we're not really taught, taught how to integrate it into our daily lives. So it's really about your lifestyle. How are you living like 90% of the time, right?
2: Yeah, there's two and... analogies that I'm feeling from you right now. One of them is what if I have an arrow, if I have a quiver of arrows, right? And each arrow is like meditation, breath work, healthy eating, and even the six principles that you talk about in the book, which, which we'll go over in the, the spirit portion of the conversation. But what if I have a quiver of arrows and I just grab an arrow and I shoot it? And I never aim, I never look at the target, or maybe I'll look at the target kind of. The most important thing is to take a breath, pause and set an intention behind why you're doing something. But I think Absolutely. we can all get caught up in this world where it's like we, people scroll through Instagram and they see like a Ed Mylet motivational quote. It's like, if you want to be strong, then go to the gym. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go to the gym. And then there's no intentional space around it. There's no the come from the come from is so important yes. yet. Most people are taught to just shoot arrows. And, and I'm curious how you feel about that. Can you expand that a little bit?
0: Absolutely. Oh, that's so important because yeah, we're, we're going to be shooting arrows at everything until we really get intention behind it. And
2: and, and they're important. Like we got to shoot the arrows, but yeah. there's a, there's a more, there's a wiser way to do it.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, honestly it's, it's like, okay, it's okay. If you want to just try a bunch of different things too, if it's yeah. what, about what you'd like to experience. And so I always say to people, just get clear on that. And that's, that's the imagination aspect of it. Like start to imagine all these different possibilities and what you would really like to create, how you would like to create that, how you'd like to feel, what your environment would like to look like or you'd like your environment to look like. And all of these things are re- really are important. But yet we we just think it just happens, you know, instead of like it's not that you're willing it to happen. It's just that you are in a way, subtly setting the stage for for that type of creation because we're all creating our reality, and, and and we we know this, we've heard this, but are we really implementing it? Are we really, like you say, setting intention behind it? Um, and it doesn't have to be anything uh, serious, you know. It could just be you're playing around with something. Maybe you set an intention for something. And it manifests and you're like, ah, you know, I, that's okay. I'm not really crazy about that. Let me try something different. And that's totally fine too. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. We can make mistakes along the way. Um, but the but the but init- initially, if you want to have like less chaos in your life, right, then you look at your default fault mode of your mind. So the default mode is what you're thinking up 90% of the time. Are you criticizing yourself? Are you thinking about what's always wrong? Are you judging yourself and others? Like where What is mm. the majority of your thought process there? You know, yeah. what thoughts are coming in? Are you worried about what's happening? Are you um, foreboding joy? You know, those kinds of things, as Brene Brown puts it. Uh, so trying to nip it in the bud, control the situation, you know, and, and so... Um, that that just doesn't allow for you to enjoy anything really in your life. If in my opinion, if you do that, but what you can do is easily switch it over into a default mode of more optimism, of positivity, of more of what you want in your life, focusing on that. So again, we're we're switching our focus, um, and then we are you know using our imagination to create that vision of what we want in our lives. And, and then, you know, it all, it it all kind of comes together, but it's in a way, it's not really work. It's just you, um, enjoying all the tools of creativity that you have access to, right?
1: Yes.
2: And where it's hardware and software. I feel like that's where we are in the conversation. (laughs) We're about to go into the software, which is this, um, part three that you have in the book, listening to spirit, but I want to touch on the hardware because you just brought up something huge and and we've mentioned on multiple podcasts, we'll link this in the show notes as a, as a resource. You talk about this in, in the book as well. When we tend to the body through nasal breathing, you give some really, really great practical, like, what do I do when I wake up in the morning? What do I do to care for my body? How do I breathe properly? That's in the book. But one thing that I studied in depth for the Breathe program was this default mode network. And I love that you said that because the prefrontal cortex, the posterior cingulate, the amygdala, all of these things are hardwired into the vagus nerve. So when I'm diaphragmatic breathing, I'm actually using these afferent and efferent nerve endings to switch, to pull a lever in my nervous system. It's the only lever that you and I can pull that's autonomic and that is breath. It's voluntary. It's involuntary. So that is a huge resource that y'all must click below, whatever you're doing, just make sure you tap wherever. And by the way, subscribe because we're going to have a little bit extra bonuses from Allison too. I'll share that at the end. So let's do this. Let's talk about the spirit, which is the thing that was exciting me the most when I was reading your book and I was researching your work, like this metaphysical, this multidimensional self exploring the subtle energy body, one thing I love the most as a jumping off point is you said, living in reverence is to respect ourselves and others by honoring ourselves. How does that relate to the subtle energy body? How did you come up with that? Really that definition feels like a, like a subtle body energy definition of living in reverence.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I came up with that because of what I'd witnessed this past couple of years in uh, just seeing so many people not living in integrity uh, and not even maybe knowing what that means. Uh, and then, you know, the lack of respect uh, that people were, were sh- um, showing each other also was a reflection in a way of how they felt about themselves. I feel like the respect that they're giving themselves. And so um, that's why I wrote about that because I thought, huh, you know, how can we get back to our wholeness and, and within ourselves, and have that respect for our bodies, have the respect for um, the energy that we bring to the table, uh, our own unique, you know, perspective and creative expression, and all of these things? And, um, it, and the only way that you really can can do that is you have to start with yourself and and learn how to have reverence for that. There's a sacredness to to that within yourself and then you can extend that out to every everybody you come across and and see the uniqueness and appreciate that within each person you know because everybody's expressing their own unique expression and and it's and it's all beautiful you know <clears throat> and we're all helping each other through this you know so it's it's just really uh that that was that was where the idea came for for that um chapter When
2: you say reverence, I've I've heard Zach Bush talk about that, you know, having empathy is one thing. Having reverence is actually a little bit more sacred because when I have empathy, there can be some blurred boundaries, but when I have reverence, there's this sacred respect for someone's process, someone's healing, someone's journey. What does reverence mean to you?
0: well setting healthy boundaries so it's it's really bringing the <clears throat> the healthy masculine the healthy feminine in together right for you to um have that within you to have that respect for your own process your own journey and uh yeah i like that empathy reverence comparison because yeah we we think empathy means just losing ourselves within another person but that's not actually healthy. I mean, you have yeah. to have <clears throat> some integrity there within yourself to um own your own journey there, you know. Empathy
2: can lead to unhealthy codependence if not yeah. mindfully used.
0: Right. You want to enter, you know, what is it? Uh not codependent, but interdependent relationship I think would be better.
1: Yeah. Yeah, The secure
2: attachment style, which is what we're all seeking. We all want to embody this secure attachment, but unless we, and and as we're going to talk about, understand the subtle energy body and the multidimensional self, I don't see how that's possible. I mean, we're spiritual beings inhabiting this suit, and a lot of times we get caught up just in the suit. There's three questions you ask, and and I want to get, probably we'll have time for you to unpack one of them, but they're profound when you talk about (laughs) living in reverence. And this is in uh, section three of the book. You say, are you in alignment with your personal standards? Are you changing the standards as you grow? Which is, that's huge. And do you know what you will and won't tolerate in your relationships? Pick one of those to, to expand for us.
0: Yeah, what comes to mind when I think about how, why I wrote those was, uh, or what inspired me to write that was really my own relationship, my own partnership with my husband And uh, we've been together since I was 21 and he was 22. So we met in college. And this has really, um, you know, this has shown me, it's demonstrated to me in my life how much— you know, your values when you're together are certain, you have certain values. You are in a bit of a codependent relationship when you're younger, just because you just left your parents. So you're, you're still playing those roles out, you know, and making your partner, your parent. And so then you grow and you change and then your values within that relationship change, maybe after you have kids or maybe during the kids stage, like, and, uh, then you're, 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 you have a, you know, maybe that happens, but we're not aware of it. And then that's where we get into relationship issues, um, without really communicating, Hey, you know, um, I'm a different person now. My value, I see things differently. I have different values. And so, um, you know, that's just an example. You can do that just within your own relationship with yourself and how you relate to other people in the world too. But, um, it's good to just go back and, reflect on that, you know, because again, like when you, you know, maybe values that you had when you were younger and a younger adult were still reflective of the values you picked up with uh, your parents and, and you may still hold those and that's totally fine, but just realize if you're, if you have actually established your own values and are living by those, uh, are, you know, respecting, living out of reverence to those values and not just, going by other people's values or what you think someone, um, you know, recommends that might be better than what you value and just kind of leaving the values or not even realizing that you have values, you know, that you could be living by. Um, and that, so it just makes life less confusing when you, when you're really, uh, clear on that. And, It's good for how you also would like to set your boundaries in other relationships. Um, And then you can also come into common values as as a couple. Um, And those are good to recognize, too. Like for me, I kind of thought about like my values are the same as my husband's values when I was younger, which is kind of silly. And then as I get older, I'm like, no, actually I have different values than he does and he has different values and then we have common values. So it's also good to discern between all of those because um, you're an individual, your partner's an individual, and then you guys come together to create a whole nother energy together as in the relationship. But you're still also, you also have individual uh, needs uh, for yourself and, 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 and perspectives, you know, and that's okay that's if you part. guys don't agree with all those. <laughs> but it's that's good a to big just part. Yeah, yeah, to be aware of that. Yeah,
2: I would say yes. There's like the soul, and then there's the other soul. So there's Allison's soul, and then there's your husband's soul, and then there's like this shared union. There's a shared union that it it takes its own. Course, and it's quite mysterious at times. <laughs> you know, like there's no, yeah. there's no exact definition of what a quote relationship should look like. Even even the word "should" is like a, a shaming or like a expectational word. And and then when we stack onto this that you write about in the book, the multidimensional self, the subtle energy, the subtle energy body. This is huge because if if your partner's doing his work to access and to know and to be friends and and stay connected to his subtle energy body, and you're doing the same then that's going to put like a 2050x as far as the health and the quality of the relationship and yeah
0: and you're th- honoring yourself like i you honor yourself when you uh, are discerning enough to 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 be aware of of that that's going on like otherwise you just kind of melt into the other person and then you don't mm. you know it's not not good because then you're you don't know where you stop and the other person begins and so um What I learned is by doing that, you you do honor yourself. That's that's an act of reverence. And then your partner is doing the same. And then you guys now are coming together, um, not out of like codependency or need, but because of you want to be together.
2: And then, of course, being in relationship that. is going to make all that shit come up anyway. So, Absolutely. any codependencies <laughs> you have, or any any uh, anxious, or avoidant, or disorganized, or ambivalent any any styles you have they're going to come right to the surface because the universe, God, chaos is always seeking order, high low pressure, right. So the subtle energy body, I loved how you define this in the book. Subtle energy body reflects reality in a way that crosses all time and space. It is your intuition and higher self, your inner child and your future self. It is your multidimensional self. Share about that.
0: Yeah. So I, I, this is something I learned from Roseanne Grace. Uh, she's one of my good friends and and teachers over the years. And I've
2: sent a few people to her, uh, that Uh, had some, some really terrible experiences in in psychedelic ceremonies. I've, I've sent a few people. Okay. Well, well, yeah, she's very
0: helpful with getting those entities out. (laughs) Yes. If people have picked that up. Uh, yeah. So she taught me about the inner child and how powerful the inner child is and how that translates into, you know, your master self, your your higher self source and 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 it seems like yeah, it seems like it's it's like a, you know, multiple personality disorder kind of thing, but really it's just these are all aspects of you that come through. And uh so for me, I, I initially the, the key that I think this is this is my opinion and what I learned from her too is that the key to all of these other uh, multidimensional aspects of yourself is really through the inner child because if you if you aren't acknowledging your inner child's needs first, then they will not let you through that gate to everything nope. else. You know what I mean? No, nope. <laughs> they are the gatekeepers. <laughs> so there. they want to be liberated. They want to play. They can't do that until you acknowledge um, what is with them, if that makes sense. So
2: makes perfect sense.
0: Yeah, I have a quick story. Just found out. Yeah, Uh I have a quick
2: story, and then I'm and then I'm going to stop talking because I'm just I'm excited about this conversation because it 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 touched me. Your work, like it took a while for us to connect, and then you know you were really patient, and I finally sat down and like was present with the book, and I was every time I was reading a new section that pulled me, I was just like yes, you know something was clicking and and it made me reflect on what you just said because i was in this vision quest recently and when i got back home there was this part of myself where in the vision quest i had a moment and i was i was fasted this is like day 3 so 72 hours of no food no distractions at all no computers no phones nothing just me and nature and my breath and water and i look over and i start to have this dialogue with myself at 5 years old and myself oh, yeah. at 13 years old and we were talking and i was i was literally parenting the two aspects of self, the young child, the little boy, and also the 13 year old, you know, the, the, the teenager. And I said, no matter what happens, you guys, you're coming with me no matter what goes on in life. Like no matter what challenges we have or uh, what traumas we experience or or just the things that come our way, like, I love you. You're coming with me. And and it was a different lens. It was an awareness that cracked through. And I want Mm -hmm. everybody to feel this. Like Yes, it might feel like at times like the inner child is demanding, the tyrant is coming out, but you need to listen like like pain teachers coming, right? And pain teacher, yep. my inner child loves to teach through the pain teacher. That's his favorite tool because he needs something. So I have a choice. I can either belittle him, shame him, ignore him, suppress him, which leads to pornography, shopping, unhealthy food, things like that. Or right. I can go, you know what? Let me pause for a minute and listen to what he has to say. Or for you, a little girl, a human being, little human being, let's listen to what these little human beings inside of us have to say, because they're so wise. There's so much wisdom in their lessons. So I had to share that because that forever changed me when I came home from the quest this time.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's beautiful. Um, God, that's an, and that's a wonderful example of how you can relate to your inner child. Uh, yeah, they're just going to keep kicking you on the shin until <laughs> you pay attention, you know, it's yep. just, or, or driving just addictions. Yeah, right? exactly. That's yes, the source because, of most addiction. Oh, right. Right. And, 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 my five-year-old was the first one who spoke to me for also, she was very, she's very powerful. And, uh, that just got me into, uh, more, I guess, well, it really led to the book also, that was part of it. And, and it, it helped me put myself out there without judgment or fear of, um of being, I guess, shamed or whatever, you know, there was no shame around it, because I'm like, Oh, I'm connecting with her. I'm yeah. not suppressing her anymore. Because I did that, you know, when I was about eight years old, and I started like, trying to dim myself to fit in in some ways. And, Uh, and just lost myself. And so, because I thought I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. And of course, yes, I honor that part because it was what I needed to do to to survive in the situations when I was younger. But like, I don't need that as an adult anymore. It doesn't serve me. So now this is where, where we connect with our inner children. And then we can, as, as you said, reparent ourselves through, through that. and, the the beauty of that is that when you do that, because this because time doesn't exist like we think it does, you can heal anything, anytime at any moment. It's totally possible. Yes. So um, even if it happened in the past, you can still still heal that within yourself. That's why we have the visualization of the inner child who are a representation of our subconscious and uh but it's easier to connect with your inner child so we we you know it's it's better for me anyway to see it that way cuz i have more compassion and love for that part of myself and then once you can connect with your inner child and liberate them cuz really all they want to do is play they don't want to be tied down with these you know uh, pain or or resp- you know adult responsibilities or anything like that they want to play so if you can think yeah. about it real simply like that and and doing it simply like you did it with the words that you chose that was beautiful, um, really that opens the gates up to all of your aspects uh, of your higher self and your connection with source. Um, but you have to get through the <laughs> – that's why that inner child work is so important, and it's really not work. It's just letting them play, and it's – people sometimes get a um, – get a little scared of that because they're like, they don't want to revisit the pain, which is totally understandable, but you don't necessarily have to revisit the pain. It's just, in my opinion, more about liberating your children.
2: There's a lot of practices you talk about in the book too. We don't have time to go into this and I'll I'll link um, an episode with Mark Wolin and also an episode with Dr. Kyra Bobinet, where we talk about trauma. Um, two specific ways to process that. But in the book, there's also some tools that you give for that. I can't let you go unless we talk about three, four and five D. Like we really get to talk about this (laughs) because in your work, I love that you say that it's the intuition and the higher self. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: then it's also the inner child and the future self. I can't help but think inner child's imagination creates the future self. Is that true?
0: Yes, that's it. Okay, so I, it. Think,
2: I think about this this 3D, and you described this, I'm paraphrasing, there's a deeper definition in the book. 3D, you learn about the physical body, the way to move and think and eat and do our finances. It's like the foundation of our of our life.
1: Yeah,
2: We're on a meat suit and a rock in the middle of outer space, and we're just like, <laughs> what's going on? 4D, 4D, you learn in the realm of embodiment how to bring information into your body and integrate it through practice. You learn how to feel and connect with changes in your body but on an emotional level, energy and motion. And then lastly, 5D, this is the strength of awareness to the subtle energy body and connect it to your physical body. And you say 5D wellness is about bringing the practice of intention into your experience. Only you must experience other levels first. Talk about these levels and please bring in spiritual bypassing where people try to jump from the three, skip the four and go right to the five, or maybe not even go in the three and just go right to the five
0: yeah so I, I, what what spiritual bypassing is really is that people want to uh, skip over the steps of uh, grounding themselves in their body and getting you know tending to their body and, and creating that health, that foundational health um, and then also tending to the emotions and navigating that. They just want to skip over, and uh, into the 5D, which is impossible. Be- and also, you know, if you're not acknowledging the inner children, like we talked about, too, that's another way of spiritual bypassing. Yes. Um, you're not going to get very far. Let's just put it that way. Just, just <laughs> because of what I described earlier. It might so, seem
2: alluring in the beginning, though. It's like, oh, it's a shortcut. Anytime yeah. I've taken a spiritual shortcut, it's a long cut.
0: Yeah. And I, it's I mean, you cut. know. What is did you? Well, you would know more about this than I would, but um, you know, maybe some of the plant medicines could be spirit, maybe a shortcut too for people.
2: It's a perceived <laughs> shortcut, but it, but actually, it's a super long cut. It's like on Google Maps where okay. there's like there's the fastest, and then there's like the fifth one down with all the tolls. Yeah. That can be plant medicine for some people.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So it opens the door up to more exploration, but it is. There's,
2: there's more paths, but like look out because yeah. you might yeah. choose the wrong one. Well, it won't be the wrong right. it'll be the perfect one for you. But, anyways, gotcha. that's a whole another podcast. Well,
0: <laughs> well, I like just doing it. Like, so I'm a very physical person and, and I like to do things practically, but I also love all the woo woo too. So it's like a combo of that. But, um, yeah. You know, I, uh, you know, the 3D is like, like you said, like just really grounding yourself with the right foods, the right movement. Those are things we're learning in the 3D world. How to, you know, do, uh, have good finances, good relationships, you know, all those basic things that all everybody wants to sell you, right? Those are the things that people want to know about. How do we do this? Beyond that, once you master those things, you get into the 4D where things are a little bit more complex more intellectualized. There's like all these crazy concepts. This could be where a lot of the um, conspiracy theories live, you know, and as well as like uh, how we navigate our emotional body and um, learning how to create emotional intelligence and those kinds of things and um, really asking ourselves those deeper questions and and getting, getting deeper into those aspects of the 3D. And then the five D. There's a lot more beyond the five D, but the five D is what I used as an example, because those are the the higher dimensions that we're heading into. Um, is more of ease and um, and just uh, you know, it's a more easy vibration. It's it's doing things. You're manifesting. You're really connecting with your subtle energy body. You know, this is where your your energy body is. Uh, more on board and you're more aware of it than you were in the 3D and the 4D. And you're seeing things manifest very quickly because of that. But you have to learn all the other stuff first. You have to learn how to train your mind. You have to learn how to focus. You have to learn how to get present with yourself. Like that presence, uh, the practice of presence and prioritizing that in your life is so important for the 5D because if you don't know how to do that, you're you're not going to be able to focus. Uh, you know uh, what you want to create here. So, the the five D is more of like, you know, what do you want? What what do you truly want? And let's just make it happen. It's 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 the it's bringing in more, I guess, of the feminine aspect, the yin um, that we haven't tapped into as much because we've been into a more physical reality, but the. Um, but the five D is is embodies that being much more than doing. So, for example, in the past, we've been creating a lot through doing, and you know, if you look at all the marketing, it's all about uh, hustling and doing and striving, and you got to do well, the more. The shortcuts, a lot of marketing yeah. promises the
2: shortcut, yeah. Less pain and I, I noticed and, that and lately, less time.
0: It's like, why do we have to? First of all. I understand efficiency, but do we have to make everything our life fast and and efficient? Because like sometimes I just want to enjoy the moment, you know. Maybe I need to take a little yeah. more time with something. It's to something,
2: it's something we have to look out for, Allison. You and I yeah. together, and and all of us here in this space, on your podcast, on my podcast, in our wellness world, be wary of shortcuts that are planted in the same garden with yep. universal truth because you could put a shortcut seed in the garden. It might grow, but you're not really going to harvest any fruit from it. You're not really going to harvest any vegetables from it, but it looks and feels, and it might seem like it's a universal truth seed, but universal truth is going to be like, well, master 3D, master 4D, then start to receive the feminine wisdom from the 5D. And I think a lot of content on YouTube and just a lot of content out there in general, it can be very like even 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, a hundred D. I don't know. I don't know how many D's there are.
0: <laughs> many, many of them. Yeah. Okay. It's there's, a,
2: there's a bunch of D's. So what <laughs> What is your, how do you decipher when you're consuming information from teachers, from masters, from guides, and even in the way you wrote your book, how to look out for a wolf in sheep's clothing or or a yeah. universal seed right next to a seed of shortcut?
0: Yeah. A high level of discernment is needed right now, yeah. uh, especially as it relates to that and and you know i'll just mention one more thing about 5D it's also about how how you receive so being open receiving and even men like it, it's they're being asked to to be able to do that now too i mean everybody is so um yeah. and and just being being you know like how are you being right now <laughs> you know not oh, what yeah. you're doing how are you being but anyway yeah and so discernment between yeah, you know, this is the thing. Okay. So many people, this is also another reason why I wrote the book is because I, I felt like, wow, okay, I'm learning how to read energy. I think I've always known how to do this, but I suppressed it for a long time and I forgot how to do it. Now I'm remembering again as, in, as an adult, but we can all read energy. We all, and we're all doing it without even really noticing. Cause we're like, oh, this feels this, um, you know, walk into a room, like, uh, what a weird feeling you know this feels uh you know not right i'm going to leave, or you know oh, this is a great feeling what what's going on here? This is a great vibe, you know, so you can feel energy, but many times we we go by what we're seeing instead of what we're actually picking up on energetically um, so the discernment factor is to learn how to read energy, and that's by you prioritizing yourself. Being still with yourself, learning how you receive information. You know, how do you receive information? Mm. Um, how do you read energy with people? It's all different. How do you feel energy in your own body? And that's why I put that in the book, because that's the first uh, step is to learn how you feel energy in your body. And then you can start reading the energy that you pick up on, in other people. Um, and if, you know, it feels, you know if, the, if you've watched somebody marketing something to you and it feels like you're uh, feeling really needy and like oh god I gotta have this or else I'm not gonna be like a whole person without it or I got I need this to 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 make my dreams come true or whatever then there might yeah. be something there that you want to you want to um, hesitate with because um, Unless it's something that you're like, oh, man, this would be really fun. Uh, yeah, I think I want to have this experience. You know, that might be a better way to go about it. And that's how I go about it now. Is it really fun? Or is it something I feel like I really need? And it's like, you know, triggering me to uh, like a scarcity mentality kind of thing, you know, uh, because that's still being used heavily in marketing for the fitness, business, industry, um, entrepreneur, industry, everything. Like they're they're still using this scarcity mentality instead of abundance mentality for, hey, would you like more of more joy in your life? Would you like more fun in your life? Would you like more abundance? You know, instead yeah. they're saying, oh, wait, you don't have this. So we're going to give it to you. So you're going to pay, it." you know what I'm saying? So that that's the difference, I think. And just picking up on those energies and knowing there is a difference between that kind of marketing, the scarcity mentality marketing and the abundance mentality marketing, which I think I'm I'm moving more towards the abundance mentality marketing myself yes. with my own products, because I just feel like that feels better to me. And the other mm-hmm. kind just felt kind of gross. And I just so nothing against people who want to do that. That's totally cool. And I'm sure it's going to serve people. If they If they go for that you know in some way or another, but it's just not for me, and so it's discerning that for yourself, like what feels better for you, and then go with it. don't yeah. just go with something because you, everybody else is doing it and you think that's the only way to do it or that's the right way. You can really go about it any way you want that's that's the key here and so the five d is actually creating a new reality that hasn't been created. We're getting rid of old programs that we've been going by forever and we're actually creating new programs. And that's the point of it. Like there's no plan. So you just, you're creating it right now. So that that's, that's the, there's gotta be a check-in.
2: There's gotta be a check-in with the inner child because the inner child and the future self, well, the five D is the future self. So if we're there, let's do, and I know you didn't call it work, I feel like it can be work sometimes, but the more that I do it, the less it feels like work, inner inner child work. So let's merge these two. Like let's let's merge this like old way of being where, and I was tapping my heart when you were speaking because I was like, oh, I know how it feels when I'm being marketed to. And when I feel something that pulls my heart versus pushes my mind. If I feel pushed by my mind from scarcity, like, oh yeah, if I get that thing, then it'll heal me. That's the wrong come from. But if I'm feeling pulled from my heart by the child and the future self, really 5D, then it just feels different in my subtle energy body, which you write about in the book. We covered so much ground. I'm sure we missed a few things. Is there something you haven't shared on a podcast or is there something that your heart or your soul wants to share that maybe we missed? on this episode. Well,
0: I I would like to just acknowledge that what you just shared, and that was, that's a beautiful example of it. And um, yeah, just start to listen to how, or or feel your body when, when you hear things like that. And where do you feel it in your body? Do you feel pulled? Do you feel pushed? Those are real simple ways to connect with that. That's amazing. I love that. And that's a similar way that I do it too. And, um, and everybody's unique in that way. But I think this podcast, I feel like I talked about a lot of things I haven't before. Um, it, it was very unique. So thank you so much, Josh, for having me on. This has been amazing.
2: Yeah. I knew it was going to be great. And whenever I'm getting ready for someone, cause I love what I do. So I'm always preparing <laughs> and I'll do it in little, little packets. Like I'll prepare one, one day and, when, and usually the morning of I'll, I'll really dig into someone's work. And I was sitting on the bike on the the rogue bike. And you know, it's the one that pulls the hands you're supposed to do it with your hands and legs, but I had your book and I was doing it with just my legs. And so I was practicing my breath work and I was connecting. And right when I read that part about child and future self, something clicked where I was like, Oh, that's pretty much everything. That's pretty (laughs) much everything as far as a guidepost on what to do. Cause I think from my mind and entrepreneur's mind, and as we say goodbye, I'd love to know what you feel about this when we come from the stories we come from from our trauma from our pain from all these things what is what does the compass look like for you now personally to navigate the road ahead
0: yeah so that's an yeah i'm still learning uh cuz a lot of what i'm doing now is so different than what um i used to do Uh, I'm just approaching it with childlike curiosity and and sticking with that energy uh, so that it can keep the magic in it. So I think a lot of times um, in the past I've just made, it's been come, you know, not a a little bit less enjoyable when I don't have that, um, that curiosity and that magic in, in the process. And, and so I have to keep bringing myself back to that, you know, and, um, things come up along the way, I get, I get, uh, you know, a little bit disappointed at times with, with things and maybe cause I had high expectations and I'm like, oh, you know what? But then I remind myself of everything I've done and I acknowledge uh, my wins and, and i like, wow. Okay. So I'm doing great, you know, and just, and just keep staying open to what could become because yeah, it's always, there's always that potential there and to ne- just don't give up on yourself and, um, and, and truly, you know, just stay open to, to all of these amazing things that can happen in our life. Because, um, you know, we can get stuck in these limited uh, places where we're, we're like, oh, my God, that didn't happen the way I thought it would happen. But maybe there's a better way it's going to happen. And it's going to unfold for you, the one that you've not even expected. But you have to stay open to that possibility. So that's what I always remind myself of is let's keep staying open because that's where the magic happens. Right.
2: Mm -hmm. I love that. What is something that, that you let die this year and what birthed in its place?
0: Uh, I let, I let (laughs) so much of my identity die uh, this year. Uh, Who I thought I was, what I thought I was here to do. Uh, And yeah, I, I'm just, uh, I'm now open that i'm I'm always changing, I'm always evolving uh I'm never the same person even the next day or hour, you know, so it's like that's okay like i'm just I'm just enjoying it the experience I'm having now, so um and i, I want again keep reminding myself of that because sometimes I forget, I'm like, oh that's right. I'm here to have fun and and have the experience I'd like to have so um yeah. So that's, I think it's just like the identities, you know, cause we, it limits us so much when we attach to those, even though they can ground us when we're younger and it can be very good for development. Um, at some point, if you're, if you're depending too much on those identities, I think it can also stifle your growth. So.
2: Amen. No doubt on that. <laughs> um, as we say goodbye, the, the, the Pentagon that I always discuss, and you, you talk about these six foundations of health in your book, um, Finally finallythrivingbook.com is the website. Finally Thriving Program, if you want to work with Allison, if you've been lighting up some of the things that she's been saying, it's Finally Thriving Program, so we'll have that linked in the notes. But I describe the the Pentagon as, as what I learned from Paul and also my own journeys with finances, and it's mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, financial. Within that pentagon, or however you want to describe the building blocks of your life, in the center of that there's Allison's well-being. There's her thriving. What does that mean to you? How do you define wellness? How do you define well-being?
0: Yeah, I, I fund fundamentally fundamentally I want to feel good in my body. You know, I just really want to feel comfortable, feel light, uh, feel energetic. Um, I want to do the things I, I love to do physically uh, and not be limited in that way. Uh, although, you know, I, I also have some limitations, so I appreciate that. And I, and I respect those limitations. And then I also see the potential within those limitations. So, um, so yeah. And then the, the thriving aspect for me is being able to unapologetically express myself, however I want to express it, you know, and just honor that within me and, Make mistakes gracefully and have fun doing what I love to do, you know, just um not take myself so seriously, I think is the biggest lesson here, you know, is the biggest thing. So um that would be thriving for me, you know.
2: Beautiful. Thank you for being on the show. I appreciate you so much and I love the book. Everybody go out and pick up a copy of Finally Thriving. It's on the Amazon, it's everywhere else too. Allison, thank you for being here with us on Wellness Wisdom. All right, you guys, until, until Allison and I see you again, we're both wishing you so much love and so much wellness. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. This moment is perfect for us because every moment is new and in every new moment we have a new choice, especially when it comes to super greens, super foods, and really the nutrients that our food is unfortunately lacking from. Look, I know I have a son, I have a family, I have a busy life. I don't always make the time to cut and make fresh juice and get everything all prepared in the glass containers. So Organifi made it simple for me and simple for you, and especially to get your micronutrients from the green juice. And speaking of new, they have a brand new green juice crisp apple that has just come out and I tried it. It's incredible. You get Northern Spy, Macintosh, Ida Red, Golden Delicious, and Empire apples all pumped in to this effective dose of ashwagandha at 600 milligrams, and it's only two grams of sugar, which is like nothing. This helps to balance hormones. You get your essential nutrients and fiber and also a daily reset for you to take a breath and do something loving for your body. Head over to joshtrent.com forward slash organify. Use the code wellnessforce. That's code wellnessforce for 20% off your new green juice crisp apple. Do something nice for yourself and your family with Green Juice Crisp Apple. And it's easy. You can go to joshtrent.com forward slash Organifi or you can just head over to the Organifi site. Use the code wellnessforce to save 20% off the Green Juice Crisp Apple. Thank you for being here with us on the podcast. You can access all the wellness and the wisdom over at jostrent.com forward slash podcast. You can get every single thing you need to access all the wisdom you have inside of your body and heart and soul right at joshtrent.com forward slash podcast. If you want to be coached directly by me and be a part of this thriving wellness force global community, just go to joshtrent.com forward slash M21. Start your journey today. Get the M21 wellness guide with six science back practices that'll help you body, mind, and soul start your day with the right intention and the right mindset so your physical body can give you love back. That's joshtrent.com forward slash M21. Start today. I'm waiting for you. You have the community right here, right now at your fingertips. You just have to have the courage to take the first step. joshtrent.com forward slash M21 to get your free 21-day six-part science-backed guide.